ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome. It's wrestling podcast time again, and welcome to it. It's Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. I would say one of the very few podcasts left, hosted by a wrestling fan, not a wrestler, not a not a not a, a journalist, not a not a not an anything, not a writer, a wrestling fan, just a guy who watches wrestling. I'm Sam Roberts. This is the show, and what a show we have! First of all, we'll make the big announcement this week. Later on in the podcast, I will tell you. Uh, how you can be a part of Sam Roberts' show live. We're doing the podcast. We're doing the SiriusXM show. It's all one thing, and we are doing it live this SummerSlam weekend from New York. I will give you the details on that uh, later on this week on the show. Uh, I will give you a state of wrestling and analyze everything that is going on right now uh, in the pro wrestling landscape, probably be WWE heavy, uh, as that is kind of where a lot's happening right now, uh, and and a whole lot more. But first, let's get to the interview, huh? A lot happened over the last week or two in the world of wrestling, and a lot of people have made a very big impact. There's lots of rumors about people returning. There's lots of uh, stories that people are returning. We'll talk about all that in the state of wrestling. But maybe nobody made a bigger impact than James Ellsworth. Yes, the return of enhancement talent. It happened uh, during the first Raw of the post-draft WWE. James Ellsworth went one-on-one with Braun Strowman. I know I'm not the only one who felt like Raw was lacking because it didn't have a James Ellsworth uh, 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 appearance. You know, I, I like the guy that Braun Strowman wrestled this week when he said that he was getting paid a thousand dollars to do it and he would get five grand if he won, it's good money. And that answers some of the questions we have about James Ellsworth, but he's just not, he's not James. Only James can do what James Ellsworth did. And I thought to myself, self primetime, Sam Roberts, the last professional broadcaster. I need to learn more about this James Ellsworth fellow. And so that's exactly what I decided to do. My guest, this week on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. The man who single-handedly has brought back WWE enhancement talent. the jo- A jobber for the new millennium, as a matter of fact. Ladies and gentlemen, this is James Ellsworth. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. And we're now joined on the phone by the man, the myth, the legend. A man who's become a legend in a pretty short amount of time, James Ellsworth. Uh, James, what's going on, man? What's the haps? Hey, guys. I, I wouldn't consider myself a legend, but <laughs> I do appreciate the compliments. Well, how did, first of all, I want to get out of the way. What do we, what do we like to be, what words do we like to, because obviously I, we're probably around the same age, right? We grew up watching wrestling the same way. Is jobber a term of endearment is enhancement talent better which where do we go with that i mean it, neither word bothers me mm-hmm. uh i mean i you know whatever it's called i i i don't mind at all whether it's jobber enhancement talent extra talent you know it, it, none of it bothers me so you won't offend me by any of that 
I love it. That's and that's really the way to be. You know, a lot of people who don't understand wrestling, when I try to explain to them what happened with you on the first Raw after the draft, are like, I don't understand why he would take that gig. You know, if he's just there to lose, he's just there to get beat up, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I tr- I'm trying to explain to them that, to me, what you had was one of the best spots on the show, especially for a guy who's, like, a young, unsigned dude to show up on that show in that kind of spotlight. Uh you must. You seem like, based on the fact that you've been reposting so much of the uh, of the memes that have been going out there, you seem super happy about the way this has all panned out. Oh yeah, I had no idea once I left the arena that night in Pittsburgh that any of this would happen. I mean, obviously, like WWE over years has been using enhancement talent, um, you know, a lot. Like when Ryback uh, first debuted, he was. Know, squashing enhancement talent a lot two at a time for like it had to be like 30 weeks in a row mm-hmm. so at least 60 guys got squashed and you know when they rolled out of the ring like uh, nobody talked about them they were forgotten about the next day and i and you know cold heartedly thought that that was going to happen to me too i you know i just thought i did my job wrestling a puzzle piece and i was just a small piece of the puzzle that night and I just thought I'd wake up, and yeah, my friends and family would congratulate me. I truly did not believe I would be a meme or you know get uh, messages from people all over the world. <laughs> I did not at all. It was shocking. I didn't think it was going to happen that way at all. No. When <laughs> so. when did you find out you were going to get mic time? Because I mean, I think that's really what put it over the top that you actually got to cut a little bit of a promo while Braun was making his entrance. Yeah, like, everything happened so fast. Um, You know, we, like, Arn Anderson was the agent for our match, and, you know, I get in the ring, and, um, you know, I'm doing my thing or whatever, and um, they're like, oh, well, you okay, you, you know how to bump, you, you know, you know how to hit the ropes, that's good. Uh, do you know how to, like, do you know how to promo? Can you promo? And I said, yeah, I've been wrestling 14 years. I usually grab the stick every show I'm on, which annoys some uh, some promoters, but <laughs> I, I like to talk. So when they told me I, got, I was going to get to talk on Raw, I was like, there's, I'm going to, you know, whatever they have me say, I'm going to try to say it as best as I possibly can because, you know, I just love cutting promos. And I'm, I was like, I, no matter what, I'm going to do the best job I can with this. And, I, yeah, I found out, like, it was earlier that day. And it was just something uh, they didn't have, like, planned per se. Like, they threw it in the last moment, I think. And I guess they're going to be doing it every week cause they did it last night as well. But and it's a cool little thing that they're doing with uh, Strowman. And, um, yeah, I'm I was very happy that I got to do it, you know, especially the uh, promo. And it seems like, too, like you knew. Okay, so so was that promo totally scripted by somebody else, or was that were those your words? Um, no, like they uh, they gave me the uh, script, and they, you know, I, I went over it with them, and they were like, "Is there anything maybe you'd like to add?" And you know, most of the time, we'll tell you no, but. I, I was like, well, can I? Is there any way I could say any man with two hands has a fighting <laughs> chance? Yeah. And they were like, and they were like, well, like the writer was like, well, I love it, and he's like, I'll go get it cleared, and I didn't see the writer for like an hour and a half, so I figured they won't let me. He comes back, he said, oh man, they love it. You have to say it now. If you don't say it, they're gonna be pissed. And I was like, oh, don't worry, I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's so, see, and that's what's so smart, and that I guess. That's the difference between grabbing somebody off the street and a guy who's been doing this 14 years. You're smart enough to know that you have whatever it is, 15 seconds of TV time. And guess what? Somehow, 
you just gave yourself an opportunity to sell a whole bunch of shirts. You got a catchphrase over. You got the you got the whole thing right there. You took probably better advantage of a little bit of TV time than most people that I see. You know what I mean? And yeah, and like I said, I, I I'm I can't sit here and go, oh, it was all planned that way. I knew I was going to say that line the next day. I was going to have so many people that wanted T-shirts and eight by ten autograph photos. Like I didn't think that at all my intention that night was just to do a good job do the promo the way i was asked to do it and you know do a do a good match with stroman take take all this stuff good and you know like I, that was my intention it was never my intention that, oh man i'm gonna say this line and the next day i'm gonna sell a shirt like i did not expect that at all and right. i'm very very humbled by it like very appreciative and just humbled and like just shocked by all the attention i'm getting it's it's Something I never expected in my life would happen. How did you get picked to be that guy? How did you get that gig on that night? Oh, it um, so we, we, all the extras are there, and um, Arn Anderson goes on. Well, for for, and, for, and, and, for somebody like me, like how how does one become an extra? Like how do you know that you're going to be one of the guys who's an extra that night? Well, I actually been an extra there what's tip, for a couple of years now. I was um, a rosebud a couple of times. A little known fact about me. <laughs> And uh, and um, I first did that. I've been setting stuff for years, and I'm not a big guy, you know. I, and like I just, you know, you, you miss the shots you don't take. So I would just, you know, call them on their corporate number, and it will give me an email address, and I'll send you pictures, send your photos, all that. And I did it for years, and finally in 2014 they called me in, and I was a rosebud a couple of times for Adam Rose. And um, ever since then, like. You know, every now and then, like when they're in the area, like they've called me a, a lot to come back. And like, I other than doing the uh, doing the match on Raw last week, I hadn't done anything else other than be a rosebud. And you know, it's the first opportunity I got to actually, you know, be in a match. And but yeah, like it, the way to do it is you just got to send your stuff, and you got to just you know be persuasive. And you know, every like six months, maybe. Uh, send them a different picture or send them a different match. And the way you do it is you got to just call them, you know, call them or email them. It's all, it's on their website, www.com, like little application part. It's just like applying for any job, really. So, so so you're there, you're one of the extras that night. And then what happens? uh, We're all around the ring. Arn wanted us all by the ring. And, and um, there was two small guys, me and this other guy, a real good guy. And, um, he, he walk, Arn walks up to me and he's like, "You got one shot of this." I'm like, "Excuse me," and he's like, "He's like, uh, let me see you throw a punch." And he, I threw a punch at one of the other extras, and and he looked at me, and goes, "You know what, kid? That wasn't bad at all." He said, "Hop in the ring," and I get in the ring. I don't know what's going on at this point. <laughs> he goes, uh, "He goes, uh, would you be scared to punch Braun Strowman like that?" I said, "No, sir." And he just <laughs> laughed. He goes, and he's like, "He's like, you're a tough little bastard, ain't you?" I was like, "I was like, this is." what i do i said i love to wrestle i know it's not ballet so if i have to do something with braun i'm gonna do it with a smile on my face and he goes good stuff man and you know and he gets braun in there we, we talked everything over and like um everything was fine and it just you know i got the match from there and then but right after we're done talking about that they come up with the uh Hey, we're gonna give you a, a like a 15 to 20 second promo and i'm like great and i just i you know, I was nervous all day until I actually got in the ring. Like, I've been wrestling 14 years. Once I got in the ring, it just felt like any other thing I, like, I've done. Like, I mean, obviously, it was my dream to be on Raw. Like, being on Monday Night Raw, like, right. I've watched every episode since 1993. That was my dream come true. And But once I got in there, I, I was so 
set on doing a good job. I didn't think about anything else other than doing a good job. I didn't think about how many people are in the crowd or if I'm on TV in front of millions of people. I just, at that point, once I got that ring, I was like, I need to do a good job. I don't care, you know, how long it is or whatever. Every little thing I do has to be on point. That's that. That was my goal, and that's where my mindset was once I got in the ring. So that's when you stop, like you get the fanboy out of your head because obviously you're looking around. It's like not only you've been wrestling 14 years, but there's something about a WWE ring, right? You're touching the ropes. This is the ring I've watched. These are the ropes. Blah blah blah. But you're right. To be successful, you have to stop being a fan. And say, you know what? Yeah. I'm here though. Now I'm here, so I'm here to do a job, not to, not to be a fan anymore. Right? Yeah. You you want to like with any profession, you want to make a good first impression. That was right. my first, you know. And um, like it, during commercial break, I'm I'm walking down to the ring, and you know I'm already looking at the crowd, which doesn't bother me at all. The more people, the merrier to me. Like, that's great. <laughs> that, that stuff doesn't bother me. Like I, I love, you know, I'm just. I'm a ham. I like to have fun and I like to entertain people. So that right away, um, you know, was okay. And once I got in the ring, the first thing, this this would be funny. The first thing I realized when I got in the ring, you know, I wrestle in the independence, have been for 14 years. Mm -hmm. When I got in the ring, I'm looking around, I'm like, man, this ring is clean. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's so, it just looks spotless. I'm like, you know, you wrestle the Indies, you wrestle some some dirty rings sometimes. Absolutely. (laughs) Half of them are falling apart. And yeah, so you get there. That's the first thing I noticed how like how pretty the rig was, and you know, and, and you know, JoJo stayed at XT, and she's like, "Hi, I'm JoJo," and I was like, "Hi, I'm James." <laughs> like and that happened. And, like it was all, it was all. I was like I said, I and once like the lights came back on, that's when you know they're back from commercial. Right. I, I was all business. I, I just had in my mind, I was like, I have to do a good job, you know, no matter how small it is or how small this spot is. Every little thing I do from the promo. Said taking all of his moves and his finish. I said everything has. I was like, I, I have to do. It. And then once you know the bell rang and we did our little thing. I like I, I just it felt like any other match. And I was you know once it was over, I like I I, I felt like I did a good job. Like and I was very happy that you know. And then once I got to the back, it, you know, I knew I did a good job because you know the right people told me that I did and I was just so appreciative and happy and like it was great greatest moment other than my kid being more born of my life that's amazing and you got that to show your kid forever um so your guy's been wrestling for 14 years at this point if you find out okay WWE is bringing back job guys for full-time like not just for for Braun but like we're gonna have enhancement talent matches now like we used to uh we want you to full-time every week on Raw come out and do enhancement talent matches and you know we're not going to give you the mic anymore but we just want you to be one of those guys who's there every week to lose uh are you like yeah this is great i'm doing it absolutely um you know wrestling is like i said it's a it's a puzzle and if i'm if i get to be a piece of the puzzle that is world wrestling entertainment I'm happy to be a piece of the puzzle. It doesn't matter how small or anything that, you know, like I said, my dream was to be on roll. I've already lived my, now I have a goal. My goal is to be there as much as I possibly can to do whatever they need me to do. I have so much respect for world wrestling entertainment as a company. I, whatever they would ever ask me to do, I would do. And, you know, some people might take that the wrong way or just think I'm uh, an ass kiss, but no, this, you know, I've been wrestling since I was 17. I'm 31 now. I, I've wrestled good in, indies, bad indies. I've wrestled everything in between, uh, you know, and being there, being just a 
small piece of the puzzle would be an accomplishment that I would, you know, just love to just live, you know, the rest of my life. Who did you, and I get that, right? Like if you, if you want, if you're going to wrestle, you want to be wrestling, uh, for the biggest company there is. And if there is a spot for you, regardless of what that spot is, just go do it to the best of your ability. You know, you're wrestling on TV every week. What's to complain about, right? Right. I mean, and nothing happens if you're just sitting on the couch. Like, right. if I would have never just kept on pushing to be an extra there, I would have never got the match on Raw, and I would have never got the crazy, like, humbling social media, you know, stuff that happened the next day. It would have just never happened. I just, I just keep fighting, man. I keep pushing. You know, I never, like, you know, I just always show up and show up on time, and I, I try to do a good job wherever show I'm at. Doesn't matter. You know, I've wrestled in front of two people, and now I've wrestled in front of whatever was there month uh, that Monday. It had yeah. to be like eighteen thousand or something, and you know they were sold out that night. So you know, I've done everything in between. So you know, wrestling to me, no matter where I'm at, I, I have to get, do a good job. And if WWE wants me to come there every Monday night or every other Monday night or once a month or whatever it may be, I'm going to go. That's the biggest wrestling company in the world. That you know, obviously, you know. um, you make more money there than you do anywhere else, and it's it's the place to be. The WWE is it, especially in this country, in, in the United States where we live. WWE is it to make a living in wrestling. And, you know, there's other companies. Some people can, but not everybody can. Everybody that's a contracted wrestler for World Wrestling Entertainment makes a living. Well, that's so. what I was going to ask you, and I think that's what a lot of people, a lot of fans anyway, probably wonder. If uh, 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 enhancement talent working for WWE – you can make a living doing that. Like if you were to make the money that you made from that one match every week, that's better than the indies in terms of money? Um, well, I was there three days in a row. I was there for Battleground, I was there for Raw, and I was there for SmackDown. Uh-huh. And if I made the money uh, that I made within those three days every week, I, I could make a living, yes. Oh, so you, didn't need, you, you were able to make money just being there. Like you, weren't even, you didn't even have to be on the show. No, no, yeah, you're an extra. Like yeah, an extra can do anything, you know. So we can we can be security guards. Like last night on Raw, they were security guards for Brock Lesnar, and you could you could be a uh, quote unquote jobber, or you can be in the back just standing there, and somebody you know pushes you around. You could be a waiter in a bar. You're just an extra, just like extras for movies. If you watch any movie or sitcom or television program, there's people in the background eating at um, restaurants, or there's people sitting in the stands at ball games and the movies, and uh, you know all that. Like totally. Kind of, Sort of how this works. Um, were you? Is it tough to not be on Raw this week to to have that high, and then now this Monday comes along and and there's no spot for your your there is no uh, puzzle piece this week. You know, I thought like you know I'll be honest, I thought it was going to be like that, but it wasn't. And the reason I think why it wasn't because all the love I'm getting on social media, like. Like I said, I would have never imagined that would happen. So it's, you know, yeah, like you want to be on roll every week, of course, but that's just not the way it works, you know, right now. And like uh, I've been getting so much love from the fans. Like it didn't bother me at all. Like I, when I, I watched Raw, as I do every week, as I've done every week since 1993, you know, I enjoyed the show. Uh, and, you know, when Braun came out, it was, you know, a little bit, you get chills and all, because that's what you did last week. But, yeah, no, nah, it didn't bother me at all. Like, I, you know, I'm pretty, I'm a very humble guy. I'll, I'll say that, like, pretty relaxed, you know. Um, good things come my way, I smile about it. If bad things come my way, I, I smile about it and try to make it better.
So. Yeah, that's good, and that's that's really the best way to survive, especially in a in an industry like pro wrestling. Um, who did you grow up watching as a fan? Like who 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 did you who did you like? Who did you want to be like when you started wrestling? Oh man, when I was I think about four or five, I really uh, noticed the Rock and Roll Express, oh. Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, and twenty. About 25 years later, I got to wrestle them. Um, it's on YouTube. You can look up Pretty Ugly versus the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> so I, I got to live that dream. Like So I noticed them. And then, like, it's funny. At WWF, I started noticing the Rockers in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And it was, you know, I guess it was a parody of the Rock and Roll Express. And I just, from the Rockers, I, I was a big fan of Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels. Like, you know, everybody says, oh, I love Shawn Michaels, which I do love Shawn Michaels. He is my favorite performer of all, all time. But I loved Marty Jannetty, too. Like, in 93, when they had the Intercontinental title match on Raw, that was that was it for me. It was my two favorite guys fighting <laughs> for the Intercontinental title. So, yeah, I remember that. You know, it, yeah, so I would say, like, the Rock and Roll Express, uh, Flair. I was a big Flair fan. Uh, you, you, like, I liked the heels when I was a kid, but the bad guys, like Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, Ravishing Rick Rude. I was always a fan of the bad guys. Like, you know, and but I did love the Rock and Roll Express early on in the Rockers, but once Shawn Michaels became the Heartbreak Kid, that was my guy from the time he became the Heartbreak Kid until he retired. Um, that was my favorite guy. So You even liked him in the... Uh, uh... Uh, when he was uh, chasing the boyhood dream, when he went super, super good guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, that, yeah. I mean, I was. Uh, I guess when that happened, I was about eleven, and mm-hmm. um, eleven, twelve years old. <clears throat> and he, uh, yeah, the, my favorite match of all time is Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels Iron Man match, WrestleMania twelve, when Shawn won the uh, title for the first time. So yeah, that uh, absolutely. That was, you know, as a fan, it was a good time for me. I always say that that match, the Iron Man match, because I was 12 when that happened. We're about the same age. And I always say that that was the first time I remember enjoying a wrestling match. You know what I mean? Like that was when I first realized uh, that I could just enjoy the match. Because when you're that young, like you like the show, you like the entrances, the promos, you like the matches. But when I first was like uh, watching with an appreciation for the actual skill of pro wrestling – that's probably the first match I remember recognizing that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's um, it was an awesome match. I I loved it, you know, and I still watch. I watch that match at least twice a year. Yeah, was uh, ECW and like the Sandman with his entrance. I was a big fan of the Sandman, which it's crazy because now he wrestles for my company, Adrenaline Championship Wrestling. He's a regular there, and that always just his entrance, like the theatrical, like you know, part of wrestling, really showed with his entrance and. And he was another, you know, I was a big fan of his as well. Yeah, yeah. So so tell me about uh, Adrenaline Championship Wrestling a little bit. Um, we opened up in 2009. Um, I wasn't the owner of it right away. There was another owner. And, you know, we opened up in 2009. And I took it over 2013. And um, we run 20 shows a year now. And, like, you know. Wow, that's basically a lot. Twice a- yeah, basically twice a month for 10 months. We always take January and February off because here in the Maryland, you know, Baltimore area where we run, um, it, you know, it snows real bad in January and February a lot, so we just take those months off. But, yeah, I um, now I'm a licensed promoter in the state of Maryland and the state of Pennsylvania, so we run Pennsylvania as well. So we'll do a show in Maryland, and then, you know, we'll do a show in Pennsylvania once a month. Like uh, our next show is August 20th, and that's in um, Denton, Maryland. 
And anyone who's in the area, Maryland or Pennsylvania, can find us at AdrenalineWrestling.com. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you remember uh, as a kid, because, you know, when you and I were growing up, before even, well, I guess during the first couple years of Monday Night Raw as well, but even before Monday Night Raw, enhancement talent was made up, making up most of the show, like Superstars of Wrestling, Wrestling Challenge. Like, it was all enhancement talent matches. Do you have any favorite jobbers from when you were growing up? Um, I mean, the ones that got jobs out of being jo- the jobbers were my favorite, like the Lightning Kid, who became the one, two, three Kid, who became X-Pac. I, mean, I was the first jobber I noticed because he got that pin on Razor Ramon, obviously. Yeah. And then, you know, then Barry Horowitz, he, he got the pin on uh, Candino or Skip, as he was back then. And, um, you know, the Brooklyn Brawler made a career out of jobbing. But let, let me, uh, here, here's what I think about the enhancement talent and why I think there should be more of it. Yeah. Back in those days, when like you're talking about wrestling challenge, superstars, and Raw, the majority of the matches was a superstar beating an enhancement talent. So when a superstar wrestled another superstar, it was special. It made you want to buy the pay-per-view more because they weren't wrestling each other a lot. So they would you know, squash these guys and cut promos talking about, all oh, at the pay-per-view, I'm going to wrestle so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. And you would, it would get you excited because – you didn't see a lot of them wrestling each other other outside of maybe like one or two matches on the show. Like it was all enhancement talent matches. And so I, I, I think they need, you know, I, I like that they're using two enhancement talent matches a week. Now it looks like one on a roll with uh, Nia Jax and um, Braun Strowman. But I think that, you know, they should bring that back more. Just, it gets you excited. Like think about it. Like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they wrestled each other a lot. And it's not getting old. Cause those two, uh, it's a bad example because those two guys are so great. They can <laughs> wrestle every week and make us all happy. But let's, let's say, like, I'm trying to find figure out an example. Okay. Like Ziggler versus Alberto Del Rio. For a while there, they wrestled on so many shows. So imagine if, it, like, Ziggler was beating an enhancement talent and Del Rio was beating an enhancement talent, and they were building up to a match at, I don't know, SummerSlam. And they were cutting promos on each other's every week, and there was security breaking them up for brawling and all. It would get you. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, it, I think enhancement talent is needed more. Uh, it's I, just I, my humble personal opinion. I actually agree with that, and I was actually talking about that on the podcast last week. That I think that that that's exactly what it does. It reminds you that the superstars are superstars, right? And and you can go weeks and weeks and weeks without seeing a guy get beat. You know when you put guys together that are going to eventually wrestle on pay-per-views when when half the matches on Raw are main event caliber matches. It makes for a great TV show, but you end up in a scenario where these guys who ordinarily wouldn't have to lose, they have to at some point, right? Right, yeah. It's like a Ziggler or a Cesaro. Right. um, you know, like a Zack Ryder guys like that that are talented, but you know they gotta like lose to the guys that are pushing because there's you know nobody there for them to go over on. But now that the brands are split, and you got half the roster on Raw and half the roster on SmackDown. Like now it's a shorter locker room on each, so you, you can't burn out the matches. Exactly. Like I think they're gonna have to use more enhancement talent, which. If they, you know, say, hey, you know, here's a, here's a contract for whatever money, and like we want you at Raw every other week, I'd be at Raw every other week and doing, you know, being an enhancement talent, you know, like like I said, lucky, luckily, and very fortunate for me, like uh, for whatever reason, whether it was to make fun of the way I look or be inspired by the promo I cut, 
the fans, the WWE universe, as they call it there at WWE, like really took to me, and it was just luck. So I, I think if the more enhancement talent matches I do, the maybe maybe the more popular I get. And if they don't sign me, and I can do enhancement talent matches on there, and then wrestle in the indies. I think I can make a pretty comfortable living off of just doing that. Yeah, I, I think it'd just, be, you know, I think it'd be great. My my personal favorite was always Iron Mike Sharp. Because I always felt like you'd look at Iron Mike Sharp and he would lose every time. But you ne- I was always convinced because he looked so badass and he looked so mean. Right. Like, I, I think he could probably win. He never did, but I always thought that maybe he could. I'm actually uh, good friends with Nikolai Vukov who lives here in the Baltimore area. And he always brings Iron Mike Sharp up. He loves <laughs> Iron Mike Sharp. And he, oh, great. it's funny you bring him up because Nikolai loves him. He's great. Yeah. Um uh, well, listen, uh, I appreciate you uh, being a part of the show, and I love – by the way, is that an offspring tattoo on your arm? Yeah, I have two offspring tattoos. I got the one that everybody's talking about, and then I have another one, the other arm, cover of uh, you know, some of their CDs. And, um, yeah, I'm just a big fan. And, like my WWE.com interview, I'm not sure if you've seen it. They asked about it as well. <laughs> so, you but- know, it's – my favorite band. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. I have a white zombie tattoo on my arm, so it's not like I can make fun of you for it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, man. Did you? Uh, you haven't heard from any of them, have you? Of the offspring, I would assume that since your photo has been everywhere and that big offspring logo has been everywhere, that they must you know, be they, aware of it. I haven't. I have not. But I was thinking about tweeting them or maybe Facebooking them, Instagram, everything I could possibly do to get a hold of them and say, "Hey, look, I." have your tattoo i was on monday night raw in front of millions of viewers and i was you know rocking the offspring tattoo i hope you guys you know saw it and think it was awesome and you yeah. know maybe they'll reach maybe uh dexter or noodles or one of them he'll, he'll get back to me or something that'd be great that's that'd be another dream come true i mean <laughs> why See, not try you, like I, like i always say you miss the shots you don't take what's good uh, lessons to learn man i love i love seeing uh how much you've been able to make out of this opportunity and and how well it's gone uh i loved it all the fans and it really is like even though you know whatever making fun of of the way you look or whatever it is there's so much like support behind you like this has got to be the funnest time in your career right now so i'm just uh it's just fun to watch it all happen man yeah, one hundred percent is uh, like I said. I'll I'll say it a million times. I did not expect it. It's very humbling, um, and I, I love it all. I try to write everybody back. I get so many messages now from all over the world. And I, like I'm sitting there. I have a family, so I can't like write back all day. Like I, I have to take some time where I have two daughters, and I have to take some time every night. You know where I spend with them because they're the most important thing in the world to me. That you know. Like, family's always first with me, and uh, so I'm trying to write everybody back, but, I mean, every day, and I'm blessed. I'm not at all complaining about it. Trust me, I I hope people keep on supporting me and keep pushing me, but I'm, like, I'm such a nice guy, I think. I'm really trying to write everybody back and um, say thank you, and because I, like, just to show them how, like, much I do appreciate them, and, you know, hopefully they keep talking about me, and hopefully, you know, like, I'll be on Raw more or SmackDown or whatever doing matches or, you know, who knows what could come of it. But I just really hope and pray because of this, it's not the last you've seen of me on uh, WWE television. Yeah, and I don't I don't think it will be. I mean, there's been just so much has been made of this. Uh, where can people go if they want to support you, if they want to reach out on social media, if they want to do any of that stuff? Uh, where's the best place for people to reach you? 
Well, Facebook, I have two Facebook accounts now. My uh, first one like has 5,000 friends, um, but you can uh, look up at James Ellsworth on Facebook. There's a, there's a fan page that you can like, or my regular Facebook, you can write me messages on there, um, uh, James Ellsworth. And then uh, my Instagram is at James Ellsworth Wrestling. And then my Twitter, which I, could, I wish I could switch my Twitter handle, but I don't, I don't know how, <laughs> is um, James Ellsworth at P Jimmy Dream. That's at P Jimmy Dream. And then if you want to look up my wrestling promotion that I run, it's um, AdrenalineWrestling.com. Well, everybody reach out to him. Thanks so much for doing the show, man. And uh, I look forward to seeing what's next. And thank you. And before I go, I just want to say to anybody that's listening, if there's something in life you want to do, you get one shot at life and, you know, you got to get up and you got to keep fighting until you accomplish accomplish it. Because, you know, every man with two hands has a fighting chance. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Thanks so much, dude. Thank you. Here is Sam Roberts. Woo. Thanks to James Ellsworth. A dream coming true in the world of wrestling. The man who has brought back enhancement talent. Amazing. I love talking to him. I love talking to anybody with that kind of a passion for wrestling, but especially a guy like James Ellsworth. This guy's going to, he's got to, he's got to be a future Hall of Famer. No doubt in my mind. Now, I will be doing a live show SummerSlam weekend, and I will tell you about that, but I want to make sure before I do that you get the rest you need. And in order to get the rest you need, You're going to need a good mattress. You feel me? Casper is a sleep brand that's created one perfect mattress sold directly to you. No more of these mattress salespeople and inflated inflated prices. They're trying to upsell you because they make a percentage of it. None of it. You go online and you get your mattress. Its award-winning sleep surface was developed in-house by the company. They have a sleek design, and it's delivered in a small, how did they do that, sized box. Uh, Casper has pillows. uh, They have sheets. But the mattress is really, really what you need to pay attention to. An in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing this thing. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foam for a sleep surface, surface that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. Plus, it's breathable design, sleeps cool, to help you regulate your temperature throughout the night. No more waking up with the sweats. Mattresses, uh, a lot of times, cost well over 1500 bucks. but wait till, you, wait till you hear these prices. Casper mattresses cost 500 bucks for a twin size, 600 for a twin XL, 750 for a full, 850 for a queen, and if you're a king who needs a king-sized bed, it's only $950. Buying this mattress from Casper is completely risk-free, Casper offers free delivery and free returns with a 100-night home trial. That's a lot of trying. You do a lot of sleeping in 100 nights. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and they'll refund everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering you're spending a third of your life on it. You got to see, you know, don't let these fair prices fool you. They are as shocking as they sound. Because the Casper mattress is obsessively engineered. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Free shipping returns anywhere in the U.S. and Canada. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. You don't love it, they'll pick it up. They'll refund everything. Made in America and 
just because you listen to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, you can get $50 toward any mattress purchase, any mattress, anything you want, by visiting casper.com slash Roberts and using offer code Roberts. Of course, terms and conditions apply. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash Roberts and using the code Roberts. That's casper.com slash Roberts, code Roberts. Now, once you're all rested up, here's what I want you to do. If you're going to be in New York SummerSlam weekend, get there a day early because Thursday afternoon is when it all goes down. We're going back to the venue that we made famous last year. You remember last year we had the great live show with Paul Heyman and Corey Graves? It was such a good time to do. This year, we go back to Caroline's, another live show. It's going to be an extravaganza, to say the least. It's happening at 2 p.m. Eastern. 2 p.m. Eastern, if you want to be there in person, I would recommend being there in person. And guess what? I'm not charging admission. Some people do. This event is a thank you to all the people that have supported me. It's been a huge year for Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, okay? We've had amazing guests. We've been featured on iTunes. Uh, uh, a lot of attention has been paid to the show. And I, we're one of the few, if not only, really high-profile wrestling podcasts. That Well, not the only, but one of the very few high-profile wrestling podcasts that have done this entire thing without a network behind us, without a big brand behind us. There's no, there's no cable station behind us. There's no podcast network behind us. There's no celebrity endorsement. There's no wrestler hosting this thing. None of it. None of that. And we've somehow managed to hang with all the guys that are either former wrestlers or operating from big networks or have giant cable stations backing them up. We have none of that. This is a DIY podcast that I have put together for you. And I want to thank you for allowing me to do it at this level by making it a free event. If you want to go see this live, email me, sam at notsam.com, with the subject line, Caroline's Live Event. Caroline's Live Event, give me your name. Tell me if you need one ticket or two tickets. No 10 tickets. If you need 10 tickets, have your friends all send me emails too. Send me your name, and if you need one ticket or two tickets, to sam at notsam.com with the subject, Caroline's Show. And you will be able to see this thing live. Now, I am not ready to announce who my guests are. I can tell you, uh, as of right now, you will not be disappointed. We will, uh, as of right now, they will be WWE superstars. This is the same. We're going through the same process that we went through last year. If you remember last year, we weren't able to announce the event until right before. The event is confirmed. We are finalizing the talent. But you will not be disappointed. I promise you that. Get in early. It's a first come, first serve type of thing. If you're not going to be able to go to the event, do not ask for tickets. Do not. I will be pissed if you do because you're taking a seat away from somebody. It's a free event. But if you ask for tickets and you don't show up, then somebody else who wanted tickets is now not going to be able to go. And that's not right. Let's all work together. It's what we should be doing in the podcast world. A lot of competitive people out there don't. But we should all be working together because there's enough for everybody. So email me, sam at notsam.com, with the subject, Caroline Show. 
and how many tickets you want. We will be doing it live from Caroline's on Broadway Thursday, August 18th, the Thursday before SummerSlam at 2 p.m. Be there or be square. I'm so excited for you guys to be a part of this event. It's going to be a blast. It's really, it's really going to be a good time. You're going to be glad you went. It's, it's a free event, but it's worth far more than, than any amount that I could think of. Any amount that I could think of. It's this show. Kathy Kelly will be there from WWE and from Sam Roberts' show. Katie Linendahl will be there from this podcast. I, I can tell you that. As well as uh, uh, more than one interview as of right now. It's going to be very exciting. So send that email, okay? And don't show up hungry. I'll tell you how you can uh, uh, make sure that you don't show up hungry. You got to eat the right food. You know, I'm a picky eater, but a lot of that is because it's so difficult to figure out how to eat right. Every time I turn around, it's like a different article, a different documentary is telling me things are, are bad for me, things are not right. No, no. Not all ingredients are created equal. But it's hard to figure out which ones are. I'll tell you how you can. You get fresh, high-quality ingredients that taste better and are better for you. So it's important where your food comes from. Get it from Blue Apron, okay? Blue Apron is going to hook it up. They'll make sure everything you're eating is not only delicious, but it's the right stuff. Uh, Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States. Seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Beef is raised humanely. Chickens are free-range. Pork is raised naturally. Uh, Regenerative farming practices are used for produce. Blue Apron can be delivered to 99% of the continental U.S. and 99.5% of food desserts because... Blue Apron ships the exact amount of ingredients uh, required for each recipe. They're reducing food waste. Uh, You can cook together and build a strong family bond. You can do it with your girlfriend. She'll be very, very impressed. Um, Don't don't spend all your money eating out or at at high-end grocery chains. Uh, uh, You you can now spend under $10 a person for an amazing meal. That's right. Less than $10 a person. And Blue Apron is going to deliver seasonal recipes uh, along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron knows the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries and ranchers, uh, whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, Blue Apron is bringing you the best. Here's some of what they have available in August. Spiced pork burgers... With goat cheese and cucumber corn salad. Summer vegetables and quinoa bowl with fairy tale eggplants, shishito peppers and corn, chicken tinga tacos with summer squash and tomato salsa. Oh my God. You got to check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for under $10. You know how much under $10? $10 under $10. What? Your first three meals are free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Roberts. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. Go to blueapron.com slash Roberts. Your first three meals are free with free shipping. That's blueapron.com slash Roberts. Blue Apron, it's a better way to cook. Man, oh man. I would recommend it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking about it. Let's do the state of wrestling, huh? A lot to talk about. 
a lot to talk about. I mean, I'm sure all, you're all buzzing about this live event that you now finally have the details for. But right now, let's talk about the live events that happened uh, this week on Monday and Tuesday. Raw, SmackDown, and beyond. Let's do it. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Here it is. State of Wrestling time. And a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about, as always. When is there? It's wrestling. When is there not a lot to talk about? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, with me, the elegant, the bewitching, the eternally beguiling, the endlessly charismatic, Katie Linendahl. Just when you thought she couldn't do less, she does. All red everything, oddly wearing a lot of Mm off-white, hurt her knee walking to the ring. I Walking to the ring. I loved it. Ah, how perfect was it? Eve Marie's character of like, I mean, it was perfect. I loved that they had her like, no, the knee is not holding up. I'm not going to be able to do this. No, can't do it. Can't do it. Ow. Finally, it's like Ow. perfect. You know what it is? It's actually paying attention to the audience, right? Like it's finally paying attention to the fact that, okay, why do they get mad? Why Why is Eva Marie so annoying to so many of these fans? Oh, okay. Because she also doesn't pay attention to the color wheel, I mean, for start. <laughs> they go, whatever it is, whether it's the color wheel, whether it's she's uh, uh, challenged when it comes to Roy G. Biv, um... Whether it's that people don't think she's committed to wrestling, whatever it is, we're going to give them that. A lot of it. It's great. Well, you, you didn't get a lot of it because she didn't even make it to the match. And, and I honestly, she did more for her character not making it to the match than she would have in the match. You know what I mean? My camera guy showed up the other day and had his like finger. He's like, well, I don't know if I could carry my keynote key light because my finger's in a splinter. I was like, man. <laughs> he healed. Literally, he, those were, he, I didn't think anybody else could play it worse. She wins. Big time he heel move. One, cameraman Pete, zero. That might have been my favorite thing about SmackDown, to tell you the truth. And I liked SmackDown. I thought it was a good show. Again, I thought both shows were good. But I that the Eva Marie segment might have been one of my favorite things to happen on SmackDown. It was solid. I also, in all, in all fairness, it was very strong. I, I I also loved the Rhino segment, and not to take your thunder, not because I'm like, yeah, it's Rhino, he's the future, but because while he was goring Heath Slater in, in Daniel Bryan's office, he was also winning his House District primary at the same time. Like instead of watching the results in Michigan, he was goring Heath Slater on television. He won. Like <laughs> the year in politics, man. Yeah. Oh, what a year. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that like Rhino is goring Heath Slater while he's winning an election, and that's not half as weird as what's going on with the presidential stuff, is really uh mind numbing. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what did, what did, what did, what were what were what did you like better this week? Raw or SmackDown? Do you have a do you have a selection? Uh, whichever one had the most jobbers, and I have to hand it to you. I mean, just doing what you did and getting this interview, I, I slow clap city. Hey, I delivered. Slow clap city. By the way, ironically, 
it's the debut of uh, of James Ellworth. Oh. It's the podcast debut, which you don't actually have to check to see if he's done any other podcasts. And even if you know he's done other podcasts, you can still say it's the podcast debut of James Ellsworth. Even if there's already a high-profile podcast that had him on, I would still say it's the debut of James Ellsworth. You stupid idiot. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Just, just, um, yes, I was very excited again to see now this kind of ongoing trend, which, P.S., we've quickly learned that that it was, like, well-received. And it, wasn't it interesting to be receiving a lot of tweets from people that didn't even know the word jobbers? I forget that we there was a pretty much a, a solid gap. Yeah. Jobber and that's zero. actually, I mean, that was, that, was a, that was a discussion I had to have with James Ellsworth. I had to talk to him and say, are you a jobber? Are you enhancement talent? Are you extra talent? Like what? And he said he's offended by that word. No, he said he's good with all all of them. I like to in my older, more mature age, I like to say enhancement talent. That's me. That's kind of you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just a nicer gesture. But it is funny that, yeah, we grew up, you and I. We watched wrestling, and it was Jobber City. Like, it was all Jobber matches. Now, it's just for Braun Strowman and Nia Jax. What, yeah. what, how do you compare the promos? James Heavy Ellsworth animal? promo versus... Because James Ellsworth, I loved his promo. Anyone with two fists can put up a fight, or whatever he said. This guy... Yeah, I thought that was also a little more couth than Evan Anderhold. Actually, you know, making the money claim. Anytime you drop a money bomb, I'm like, you kind of suck. When he goes so, like, why Why are you doing this? Because I get $1,000. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to cover his medical bills, but yeah. hopefully he's under Obamacare. How, how entertaining have these both of these shows been? Isn't it really like, I know that maybe expectations are low for us if it's only been two weeks and we're still happy. But two weeks into the draft and all four shows, I've been like, those are good shows. Like, I want to watch more wrestling. And I think the pace of it. I think that's Yeah, you're right about the pace. It's like moving. It's moving. I'm not having that point where it's like, you know you're on hour three. Exactly. And you know why that is? Because there's multiple storylines that are interweaving a little bit, but it's not like we're spending three hours just listening to Stephanie and Hunter with Seth Rollins, you know, make John Cena's life tough. It's, it's, it's. I will ask you though. I'm dying to hear your thought, and not to just get right into things, but get right in. What's up with the with the Pokemon Go continuation here? I mean, I've been on all over the news talking about Pokemon Go. I get it. It's a major fact. But is it is it like a little weird to you? It's the same. Look, not everything has changed with the draft. You remember watching the show when it was like, I don't remember what award show it was, but it's like, man, yes. you know, you might not have won a Grammy, but you also won't win the Intercontinental Championship. Man, you certainly don't sound like Grammy award winning Rihanna, but <laughs> it's like they're just somebody tipped off probably Vince McMahon to uh, Pokemon Go and... They're like, let's. We got to get as many Pokemon Go references in as humanly possible. It's like the thing. They'll probably try to stretch it out another week, and then hopefully they'll realize it's over. Um, Unless a Charmander like sets a ring on fire, then I'm all for it. Right, right. See, if I was designing Pokemon Go, I'd put like a Pikachu 
in whatever arena Raw was going to be in. And be like, then there's really something to talk about there, you know? Oh. Get some get a couple magic carps, yeah. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> love that you know all the Pokemons. True that. And catching them around my neighborhood, don't tell anyone. So, <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, what was your, I don't know. There, see, there were, to me, there's one direction they need. I have one direction that they need to go in. I have one thing that I loved, and then I think I had a couple kind of shockers. I have some shockers, too. You start. My, did you, now, well, I will say this. It was very interesting watching the SmackDown After Show, Talking Smack. Um, If it were up to me, I would change the format and make it look more, I would just make it a ripoff of Talking Dead, and I would get, like, a very well-educated fan who's a good broadcaster to host it. Um, And it's hype girl Where's the loyalty You'd be there too Trust me on that But but it was great seeing The reason why the after show still worked Was because it was what I was talking about With the uh, draft special In the sense that it wasn't scripted It was guys going out there And being able to be themselves And all of a sudden it became much more compelling But my shocker I think of the whole Thing and maybe I shouldn't be a shocker. I just my, again, it's a case of having low expectations. Is that uh, you were officially right? I think about Roman Reigns. Yes. You said, Sam. They're 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 not pushing him. He lost clean to Finn Balor in Finn Balor's first night on the main roster. Like they're not happy. And I said, let's see what they're going to do with them. Let's see. He's got the Rusev story. And not to take anything away from Rusev, but the United States Championship is a secondary championship. He is eating a big, fat slice of humble pie right now. True that. That's my surprise as well. Yeah. And by the way, I'm I'm sure that you're in support of it based on the—you are not a drug suspension fan. Yeah, but then you have the leather scenario where he's like top mid. So Lesnar. what statement are you making? What, what statement at all are you making it in any well, fashion? Uh, we don't test our part-time talent. Is that Was that really what they said? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. Are you kidding me? They test the part-time talent at Domino's. <laughs> for crying out loud. But I'll tell you, man, uh, it's the right move for Roman Reigns. It has nothing to do with the drug test. To me, you know, I don't care about drug tests. You know that. As far as I'm concerned, get them all juiced up. But. Just, no comment. Right. Have, I need an hour. <laughs> right. No, I know. Nobody cares about. Most of the time I say these things just to upset Katie. But. Um, True. I, I feel uh, like Rusev was getting in this spot where. Yeah. I almost like in. Feel free to disagree with me. I also felt like the Cesaro and Sheamus are in kind of weird spots, too. Well, Whereas Randy Orton could have been in that weird spot, but, whoa, totally took a U-turn there and is, like, again, top tier. Well, I'll tackle a few things there. Uh, I I think that uh, I'm I, Roman is in the right position now, and that's not because, to me, that's not really—it's kind of because of the drug test, but not really. Roman's in the right position because after the draft, they've repositioned everybody in the company to a place where the fans are not fed up with the product— and they're putting Roman in a space where we actually get a break from Roman Reigns, and the fans 
desperately need a break from Roman Reigns. So I think that he's definitely in the right position because there's no way that anybody wants to see Roman back in the main event right now, especially all the uh, hardcore fans, you know. But um, to me, like, Sheamus is in a bit of a weird spot. There are a couple of moves that I think have to be made in short order. Two people have to become bad guys, one on Raw and one on SmackDown. Who do you think they are, Katie Linendahl? Just take a guess. Who do you think I think they are? hate when you ask me these questions on the spot. I know, it's tough. Because then I pick somebody dumb. Right, no, and I'm hoping for that. Just say it. I think on Monday Night Raw, Cesaro needs to be a bad guy. I think Cesaro... I should have guessed that. Yeah, I think Cesaro needs to be ruthless. I think we've seen uh, hints of his character going in a direction where he feels like he's neglected behind the scenes. And that's his his on-screen persona is a guy who feels neglected behind the scenes. And he needs to take out somebody who is getting more opportunity than him, I think. Like? Uh, I would honestly, uh, you know, I, I'd li- I would start... Well, see, Darren Young kind of got his ass kicked by Titus O'Neil for in a strange turnabout. Because otherwise I would have said have him kick Darren Young's ass to begin with. Um, but I, I guess I'd have to think about it a little bit, but somebody like Cesaro needs to come out and I think he needs to be a bad guy for a little bit and, and be kind of angry and annoyed at what's happened to him behind the scenes, his character. Um, the perfect setup after the draft. Exactly. And he, and he made reference to that again on, uh, I, one of the pre-shows, the pay-per-view pre-show. On the on the the pay per view pre show a couple weeks ago, he made reference to it again. So I think that that is a direction to move in, and it's compelling. I also think Dolph Ziggler badly needs to turn into a bad guy right now, right now, like next week on SmackDown. He needs to turn into a bad guy. It's enough of this because Dean Ambrose called him out. Right this week, Dean Ambrose called out Dolph Ziggler on on his on his BS. Like Dolph Ziggler, and this is why a lot of internet fans turned on Dolph Ziggler. Whereas for years, and I was kind of surprised by this to tell you the truth. I didn't realize it was going to happen, but for years people were saying that Dolph Ziggler is their guy. Dolph Ziggler needs a chance. Push Dolph, push Dolph, push Dolph. And then all of a sudden he gets pushed and, and it's not that exciting. And that's because we have heard the same story from Dolph so many times. We've heard the, you know, I'm going to steal the show. I'm going to go out there and give it my all. I'm going to give the people what they want to see. I'm going to... Dolph Ziggler is a show-off. A show-off is not showing off for the audience. A show-off is showing off because he is obsessed with impressing the audience. A show-off is showing off because he wants to do something in front of the audience that they can't do. You know, a show-off is not a good guy. He's not doing things to entertain He's doing things uh, because he can do it and you can't. And I think Dolph needs to embrace being a show-off. He needs to make Dean Ambrose eat his words because Dean Ambrose was very, very disrespectful to him, right? When they were doing these promos, Dolph was not terribly disrespectful to Dean. He was just like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to win. And Dean was like, you're not going to win. Shut up. No, you're not. You talk about it. I get it done. Go home, kid. You know? 
And I feel like Dolph needs to respond to that by being like, up yours, Ambrose. How about that? How about I don't care what any of these people think because they haven't helped me at all. Because how many years have I been doing stuff for the people and gotten nothing done? How about, you know, Dolph, uh, uh, Dean Ambrose disrespected me. Dolph Ziggler needs to go into business for Dolph Ziggler. He needs to be a bad guy who doesn't care about the fans or Dean Ambrose or anybody else. I'll tell you what, though. That said, he's got a lot of backpedaling to do after that soliloquy the other night. That was a long-ass speech about why me. That's the problem. And I was actually surprised that he – and I like that he brought up the spirit squad. Yeah. I like that part. Yeah. That was a little shocker for me. Right. Well, but, you're, a spirit, you're a spirit squad fan. Big time. <laughs> uh, I like doing cheerleaders. They're cool. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, Just I, look I, at Will Ferrell I, I, on I SNL. Point, yeah. I got to the point, though, where it was just like, everybody works hard, man. You wouldn't be there in that moment if you didn't, some ounce of you didn't work hard. Like, it, it wasn't being sold. Well, that's what Dean, and that's how Dean Ambrose responded to it, right? Like, maybe maybe, maybe it was intended to be that way. Because Dean Ambrose responded like, yeah, I worked hard too, but guess what? I didn't talk about it. When people said I wasn't championship material, I didn't get on a microphone. I won the championship. And that's and like boom. Loop, though, like maybe they did. Well, I guess now's the opportunity to to come out as a bad guy because he got screwed over in the end, right? Right to cash in on that thing. Like that's the direction. That's the logical direction of this story. That's to me what needs to happen to have this story make sense. And all of a sudden, you've got a compelling SummerSlam. I mean, Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins is like I I don't have the super compelling. Like to me, I can't wait to watch Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins, especially because based on the way the match is being built, it could go either way. You can't tell me that you have a, that you know who's going to win that match, right? No. Right, right. Because it's like logic would dictate that Seth Rollins would win that match, but logic would dictate that it would be Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. The fact that Finn Balor is being put in the position that he's in immediately means, who knows, maybe they want him to be the champion of the universe. Maybe a jobber runs in. That's true. Maybe Anything J- can happen. James Elroy could win the championship of the universe. By the way, on the SmackDown After Show, Daniel Bryan said that they would be coming out with a women's championship and a tag team championship, but that they were going to take their time because they didn't want to rush the way Raw did and announce the tag team championship of the Milky Way Galaxy. <laughs> 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 I think it may be overkill. This, I don't. I, I like having separate uh, world heavyweight championships, but I think separate women championships and separate tag team championships is major overkill. Personally, too many. I can't. I, I'm gonna have to like keep track of these belts. Yeah, exactly. Right? They're not belts. They're championships. I'm sorry, my bad. I'm not <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I think it's too much. I do think it's too much. You know, who I would love. To see come back to WWE now because who do we have? We've got Rhino back. We've got Shelton Benjamin coming back at some point. Um, this is a guy. How about a guy who? And he may have a TNA contract. I don't know. But how about a guy who left WWE and absolutely increased his value on the independent scene? This is a guy who's worked TNA, who's worked PWG, who's been all over the place. I think uh, as soon as Jinder Mahal showed up on Raw this week, I was like, oh, my God. Like, do you know how happy I would be if Drew McIntyre came back? 
Mm. I would be so psyched. Call. Yeah, I would love I to see. I thought you were going to say Vader, but no, no. I all gave it away. Vader wouldn't want to come back because too much flippy shit. You know what I mean? He doesn't want to see it all. He's strong. Um, he, he, he broke someone's back. He did. Yeah, he did. And and he took out the way he took out Gorilla Monsoon. I would be worried if I were Mick Foley. Unforgettable. Although now Vader is Gorilla Monsoon's age, so I don't know if it would pan out. But um, yeah. how did he get out? How did uh, he exit? I don't even remember. That must have been what? How many years ago? Vader? No. Who, oh, oh, Drew, Drew McIntyre. Yeah. <laughs> I was like Vader. Who cares how Vader got? <laughs> um, <laughs> So long, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, as a matter of fact, Katie, it was many years ago that Vader was released from WWE. <laughs> um, it was like during the War of 1812. <laughs> um, he was released in a, in a batch of releases. I, I, as a matter of fact, right in the middle of Three on B, Three Man Band, uh, they released Jinder and Drew, and they kept Heath. And that was kind of a mystery to a lot of people, I think. Which... Hate to tangent, but is he is the, the the rumor that he could be going to evolve true? I, I've heard that. I think it would be a brilliant move if just to have like I don't think he needs to wrestle necessarily, but I think it would be amazing to have Heath Slater do a run in at an evolve show since he's right now the hottest free agent in wrestling. Honestly, I think they should be sending him outside of Evolve. I think they should be sending him to indie shows all over the place to just jump in. And be trying to get work in other places. Why not? It'll get a buzz going. I'm going back through his. I'm going back through McIntyre's uh, kind of timeline. Yeah. Because before Three Man Band, he was doing. He was. Well, before Three Man Band, right before he was nobody. But before that, he was the chosen one. Yeah, but I'm, I'm missing one. There's one piece of this missing. Maybe after Three Man Band, then he was just let go. Yeah, after Three Man Band, he was he went to TNA, he went to uh, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, he was all over the place. He did really well in his post WWE career. So, so that was definitely, I mean, that that was part of it. That's definitely worth mentioning. Um, you know what other match I'm excited about at SummerSlam? Yeah, do tell. AJ and John Cena. I mean, I don't know when it happened, but AJ Styles is like deadly on the microphone how good was his, his was his promo on smackdown by the way i was completely confusing him with paul burchill for a second pirate paul burchill <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not advocating a pirate paul burchill comeback i was talking about drew mcintyre i was confused <laughs> there's some resemblance there but better to talk about this the the moment where cena gave that whole like mic work about how he's a grown damn man and he's out there for love. Yeah. Out of love. And then I'm like, how do you even like respond to that? And Styles does the slow clap. So it good. Was brilliant. Yeah. And by the way, another moment for this SmackDown after show that I thought was great. Daniel Bryan pops up, you know, he's doing this thing and he really was kind of shooting on this after show. He was talking about this promo and instead of being, you know, the good guy general manager who's going to side with the good guy John Cena, he said he felt like John Cena's comments about not working anywhere else were disrespectful and that AJ Styles is a wrestler. And if he got let go from WWE, he would go support his family by wrestling. 
and that he felt John Cena was being disrespectful uh, to wrestlers when he well, said further, that he wouldn't leave Brian WWE. Had to go somewhere else too. W- Brian said, "I've been fired by this company twice. I've had to, and, I, and when I got fired, I worked other places because I provided." And I'm like, "Yeah, dude. Yes, dude. I loved it." I loved it, but yeah, yeah I'm, I some spice in the after show. I will agree with that, and I, and I think there are these more real moments. Yeah, it gets people talking. I agree. Yeah, uh, uh, but I, because I, I, after everything that's happened with the draft, you would think a holdover storyline from before the draft would not get anybody's attention, right? Like the fact that so much has changed. When you find out they're going back to John Cena versus AJ Styles, you go, "Really? I thought that was like." pre-draft WWE, but I think AJ, AJ is at the peak of his career, and he was able to say, okay, and John Cena always does great to me. I'm a John Cena fan, but AJ, AJ was able to go in there and let people know why, even though we've seen this storyline from before the draft, uh, it is more important now than ever, and I'm I'm sold on it. You know? How do you feel about the brand kind of like uh, like the run-ins and, and, and mixing in through pay-per-views? This, the mixing of pay-per-views, you mean like the SummerSlam, how it's like a co-branded pay-per-view? Yeah, but actually like more interpromotional between Raw and SmackDown moving forward. Uh, I don't think it needs to happen yet because we're just establishing the brands. Um, I think right now the big pay-per-views are just going to look big by having both brands represented. I think that this is the exact reason why I said that Brock Lesnar should not be drafted. We've mm-hmm. literally had the draft for one week, and there's already guys doing run-ins from other shows. And it's like, you got to give it some time before that's special, right? Like, like, in order to make that a special thing, we need to establish that Raw superstars never show up on SmackDown. And SmackDown superstars never show up on Raw. And then when finally somebody does, it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe what's happening. Um, So I was was not thrilled that this happened. I understand why it did, because you have to build this pay-per-view. And the Randy Orton RKO out of nowhere was cool and everything. But, like... I no, I I wasn't I wasn't for it, and it's it's the exact reason why Brock Lesnar shouldn't have been drafted. Brock Lesnar should have been a free agent that is on a per fight basis, because it's not that far from the truth, right? It's not like after SummerSlam, Brock Lesnar is going to be a Raw superstar, and then the fact that like he just kind of shows up to SmackDown and he walks he walked past security and just got in the ring, like it just didn't that doesn't work for me. Uh, I think the interactions between Brock and Randy Orton are good. I think the storytelling is good in the sense that in terms of watching a story, I believe that Randy Orton has the potential to defeat Brock Lesnar. It's not just a squash. So I like that. But for the sake of long-term storytelling and for the sake of the integrity of the draft, which is what I talked about before the draft happened, I am not happy watching interplay already happening i completely agree that was way too soon huh right because it's like it's almost like a wasted opportunity i think so too 
because it, it's, it's a big moment when it happens, but it's not that big if, it, if it's already happening. I would say that, yeah, they got to they gotta not do that. They can't. But, uh, yeah, so I was disappointed by that. I was disappointed by that for sure. I still loved, as I said last week, I still loved the production value of SmackDown. I loved, you, did you see now the, uh, the crane shot that they keep using? Oh, now I'm all, I'm all over it. Right. Isn't all it great? It's a jib shot. I mean, it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a moving pan. Right. It's, but it, it's very smooth. You know, it looks very similar. It's if like you working cam. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But you know what it looks like? If you go back, and by the way, I seriously, I just realized this. I did not YouTube this. I did not go through tapes. This is just in my head. If, <laughs> if you, this is ridiculous. If you go back to when NXT was that kind of hybrid reality show that was on sci-fi that took the place of ECW before it was a developmental system, when it was like the coaches and the rookies. That's like way back, yeah. Right. If you go back to those first shows and watch the first season, I think like uh, The Miz was Daniel Bryan's coach and Jericho was on it and there was a CM Punk I think was on it. If you watch the way those matches are filmed, they're filmed with that jib. Like they're filmed in a very similar way because they made it look different from main roster WWE stuff. So go back and watch that because you'll see if, I, if my mind serves me correctly, it's very, very similar. I can't wait until this, like, takes it one step further. Because we've already talked about how you, you can't put a drone in an arena of that magnitude. You can't. If it was outdoors, another story. But I can't wait till like, when I was doing pieces at ESPN, they would put, um, they would put like, ref cams on. Like, wait until, like, Charles Robinson <laughs> has, like, a ref cam. And it's just, like, completely jumps the shark. Like, it's like, n- no. No, we don't. We don't mm-hmm. What? It's going to be, like, all shaky and grainy. And it's going to be, like, a rip-off of Google Glass. It's going to be great. It's way it's too close. It's going to be, like, close. a live ref cam. Yeah, I don't need that. I don't want it. Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> we're gonna, we, we need ideas. <laughs> we wasted that interpromotional stuff way too early. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We need ref cams because we can't do another run-in. Oh, my gosh. What do you think? I... I you know, we would be uh, not doing our jobs if we didn't mention the opening segment of Monday Night Raw. Charlotte and Jericho and Enzo and Sasha. Um, to me, a really good use of every talent involved. I thought that that opening segment was terrific. I thought it did a great job of showcasing new people. I thought it did a great job of showcasing Enzo. As a singles guy, which hasn't happened before, I thought that when Big Cass comes out at the end and he's the big giant that clears the ring, I said, good job. You know, it was a long segment, but it was entertaining throughout. And Jericho, you know, Charlotte and Jericho both did uh, excellent, I thought. Is it bad that my that was the, incredibly spectacular, but it was overshadowed by the fact that uh, the ref tried to give Charlotte the belt back? You talk about ref gate. Oh, I'm so glad you picked up on that. I am so glad you picked up on that. Because I was watching going, what? And I like that <laughs> Sasha reacted to it. She said, give me that. Like, it's like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, he tried to hand Charlotte the women's championship. I wish Charlotte had taken it, just grabbed it from him. Yep, thank you. I'm the champion. <laughs> Sasha would have had to come over and slap the referee. Who was it, Cone? Couldn't get his name. It was the dude with the dark hair. I think it's John Cone. Kind of Italian. Yeah, yeah, I think so. 
But I yeah, I noticed that. Because I wanted it to be Robinson, so I could just you know, <laughs> stop for another week. <laughs> just destroy him for it. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Um, yeah. So I mean, was there anything else that you want to point out from Raw and SmackDown? Uh, no, but I did want to point out that I had a really excellent time meeting uh, lots of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast fans at NXT San Antonio. How was that show? It was quite spectacular. And it, it was. It was like a really uh, unique arena. It was like one of those weird ones that we like, the small ones that we like to go to. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I like ate my weight in beef jerky. It was fantastic. <laughs> How many, uh, and you got to see Hideo, right? Yeah, that was a surprise. That was a very nice surprise back. And in... And, and, uh, the, the everyone just erupted when he came out. Like that was, I think everybody was kind of shocked. I'll bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so fun. So this week on NXT, we should mention uh, Bobby Roode and Hideo both in NXT now. So uh, how long do you think Bobby Roode stays in NXT? It seems like they're that he's a an NXT dude. That he's in NXT. It's not like an Eric Young situation. They've signed him, I think. I, I but I'm also assuming. You mean how long does he stay in NXT before he's main roster? Yeah. Oh, I kind of feel like he was signed the way Samoa Joe was signed. I kind of feel like he's there to take the place of some of the bigger names that have come up. Um, you know, I think Bailey's going to be up in no time. And I think Nakamura is definitely coming up to the main roster soon. But I think they may. Well, I don't know. Hideo. I don't know about Hideo. He might stay for a little bit. But I think Samoa Joe is going to stay. I think Austin Aries is going to stay. I think Bobby Roode is going to stay. I think they're trying to populate it with certain guys that are going to be able to maintain it as a touring roster. Because that's the point, right? That it's not that they want to maintain. They want to keep doing these shows. They want to be able to sell, you know, fifteen hundred, two thousand, five thousand, whatever it is, tickets. And in order well, when to you do talk that, about how deep the bench is right now. They, like I was hoping for some. I wanted to yell out of a thousand. I wanted some Ty Dillinger. Right. Not happening. He, he wasn't, wasn't on the show. On the show that night. No, because there's there was two shows simultaneously that, wow. that night. I believe one in Florida. Was, so it's a deep bench. To was work with. was Daria on the, or Daria? Was she on the show? Uh, she's like I don't she's the chick who has like she's like the MMA chick who's got like cornrows and and she dress, I think she wears red. Because it was Bailey. And Carmella versus, I yeah, yeah. I forget. Maybe it was Daria. Maybe it was Daria and somebody else. Who Maybe. knows? Who knows? Well, Katie Linendahl, uh, I always appreciate you taking the time out. I miss your face. Yeah, I miss you too, Sam. I want you to know that, but uh, we'll see each other soon. I'm looking forward to seeing you at the live event. I'm not. I haven't announced who the guests are because you know we <sighs> want to double check. But I mean, Katie Linendahl is going to be there. So what else do you need to know? Yeah, I'll be there too. <laughs> don't forget I'm to subscribe. Of course, don't forget to subscribe to Katie Linendahl's podcast, Katie Dot Show, on uh, iTunes and www.katie.show. It's a tech lifestyles podcast. It's very, very good, educational, interesting, fun, uh, great. Katie, thank you so Prime much. Time. I'll talk to you yeah. soon. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I'm me, me. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.